Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I sit down with Pastor John to discuss how we decide what to include and what to leave on the cutting room floor in a given message. We also dive into our messages on Rahab in our series, Sermons from the Saints. We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, well, we're back with armchair preaching. I don't even know what what episode this is anymore. I think it's like 635. 635, yeah. I think it's 16 or 17, but we're here with John uh, Fullerton, and I'm here. uh, We're talking through our the revisit of our series, Sermons from the Saints. Um, John was in our classic services this past Sunday. I was in Vine uh, once again. And uh, today, before we jump into the actual message itself, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was how we select what to put in a message and what we don't put in a message, um, especially when you're dealing with character studies, like we're, we're doing right now with Sermons from the Saints, and jumping back and forth, Old Testament, New Testament. There's so much you can say, but... We only have 25 or so minutes, so how do we decide what to say? So what process do you go through when you're thinking, when you're, when you're narrowing it down, John? Well, I don't know about you. I, when I'm, as I'm digging into the Scripture and doing all the, the work that we do to look into the flow of the Scripture, the context of the Scripture, the historical setting of the Scripture, the word studies, and all the things that go into just the looking at the scripture, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm constantly searching, you know, just thinking and, and just thinking, okay, what is this thing? And, you know, when you, when you, when you find that sort of root thing, that really core idea that's in, in the scripture, then you begin that, then you sort of pull that out and hold that up and say, okay, the, the core idea is that this person was faithful for this reason. Rahab, for example, was yeah. faithful for this reason. And then once you have that core idea and you're holding it up, that's the thing you keep looking at and thinking, well, how, how does that, how do we communicate that Yeah. through a, through a series of 20 minutes? So how do we communicate that? And that's just when the ideas just start percolating. And you, when you sit with that for days, weeks sometimes, and you know that like we've known Rahab was coming yeah. uh, this Sunday for, for weeks, you know, you just sort of, you, you're, it's, it's sort of like when you're driving a car and you think that you, no one else, you, you never notice a certain type of car. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about that type of car and you yeah. see them everywhere. Yeah. When you're just thinking about that idea, you see examples of that everywhere. Yeah. And so then you just, then it's just a culling process at that point. So what's best going to help me yeah, illustrate that uh, idea? Yeah. So that, that's, that, generally speaking, that's just how I, yeah. I frame it. And then you start whittling it down to cho- specific choices. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Yeah, for me, I, I think um, I, I start typically, I always start with the, the specific text I'm dealing with, but in my head, I'm, I'm always thinking to the larger meta-narrative of Scripture. You know, what, is, what has God always been doing mm-hmm. throughout all time? And how have we seen that throughout the whole Scripture? And then how do you, where does this particular uh, narrative piece or you know, if it's a psalm or, or whatever, how does that piece fit into the larger framework of what, what God's always been doing? And, and so, um, and, and I, you can go at it from either direction, from inside out or outside in. And I, I, always, I always start with that, 
that mentality. Okay, so what's God been doing? What what's God's mission been um, throughout all history? Yeah, that's good because if you don't, if you're not doing that, then you're just going to focus on that, and you and you may not set it in its proper context with yeah. the God of history and what God's been doing. So yeah, and especially when we're dealing with character studies, because character studies are, um, in some ways, it's it's very easy to uh, allegorize, you know, and and. Uh, Rahab is a prime example. I've heard messages where it's just one allegory after the other, and some of them are way off the rails. Just, you know, the red scarf represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's like, okay, I, I have no idea how you got yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, but, but at the same time, you definitely see the, the through line of redemption and, um, uh, and how God uses what appears to be unusable uh, for his purposes. And I think um, those are things that you, you can look at throughout the whole scripture and, and find God's grace present. So when, you're, when you get to that point where you've got that meta-narrative sort of, mm. pl- you got it f- plugged into the meta-narrative you, and, you're, and you want to communicate that, and now you've got a choice of uh, two or three great yeah. illustrations that have come to you. Yeah. How do you pick those? How do you pick from those great illustrations? Yeah, Illustrations are always the the for me. I you know there are a lot of different ways to look at illustrations, and it's probably a good conversation um, to have a larger conversation about the point of illustrations. We've talked about a little bit, but for me, illustrations are always I, I always I don't say always, but I look at them as how is, does an illustration open people up um, in their common ordinary in the the common ordinary things to see what God the the greatness of what God's doing. And so this week, uh, you know, I, I used a f- several illustrations, and, and my illustrations tend to be, for lack of a better term, low illustrations. They're extremely common. They're extremely uh, very, culturally... Very re- parable-like. Yes, they're co- very culturally relevant. Um, I have done what would be more high, what you could maybe consider high illustrations, illustrations from history, and those are, they can be great, and depending on your audience... They're more in, impactful, but for me, I say, how do I enter into the 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 narrative in a way that's really accessible for people? And so I opened up with this, you know, kind of a silly, you know, conversation about uh, people that collect vintage cereal boxes, which to me. God love people that do that, but that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And and that's me, right? Yeah. But somebody sees value in those flattened pieces of cardboard and are willing to pay thousands of dollars to collect them. And I, I look at that and I go, wow, that that's very much a way the way God see you know, we we judge by appearance, but God judges at a deeper level. And he we he does not see Rahab, the prostitute. Um he sees Rahab the object of his love and uh, grace and the potential for his redemptive purposes to be played out in a sing- singular way in the moment with Joshua and, and the spies, but then in this larger grand way. Um, so I kind of try to enter in at a very low place. What, what, well, what I, I, like the, that? I like the idea that uh, you know, accessibility is important to me as well. Mm-hmm. So, so if I'm trying to choose between, you know, if I had three illustrations that you know, I really could do this one, I could do that one, I could do that one, um, you know, I'm going to err to the side of the one that's going to connect with as many people as possible so yeah. that it's, so that it's, I mean, uh, 
And again, I, I do think it is a very, you know, that's, how, that's what Jesus was doing. Yeah. He talked about farming and seeds and yeah. people understood farming and seeds and sheep and whatnot. Um, that's always a tough choice for me, though, is, is uh, you know, the idea of the illustrations or anything at all where you've got multiple things that you yeah. could put into this spot right here to do this, to, to accomplish this purpose. But, and especially when someone, you really like them. That's, that's the hard thing for me. It's like, yeah. I really like saying this. Uh, and I, I don't have it right now. I'll come to it, come back to it. There's something, I know there's something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But I just didn't have time to put, put everything yeah. in there. And I had to put it on the cutting room floor. Yeah. And that, this week, for me, there was a lot of decisions about that. I mean, you, uh, your message um, this week, you dive, dived into parts of the, the complication that people have with a story like Rahab, not just that she's a prostitute, but that she lied in order to hide the spies. And I look at that, and I was—I remember this week, a month, last Monday, when I was really kind of diving in, like, okay, am I going to approach this thing, right? Am I going to approach this concern I know people will have? Um, and that was one of those things ended up on the cutting room floor, you know, because I'm like, I will get into the weeds there, and you kind of, you went through it, but but didn't didn't land didn't there. Dig into that. Didn't, didn't dig into it. No, Acknowledged it. But also, didn't dig into also it. touched on and just acknowledge it in almost a passing way that there was a the idea that God didn't just grant them this plot of land where nobody was living there. That yeah. They had to they had to battle the way in, and that's really an uncomfortable truth for a lot of people. Oh, that's a whole. You know, said it, moved on. You know. Well, so, when you when you when you mentioned that um, at the at the outset of the message. Because um, that was another thing I'm thinking, okay, I, I, do I acknowledge this and go into it? Because I, I, I remember very vividly in my last church, I, I was preaching, uh, not preaching, I was teaching a series of lessons called How to Read Your Bible So You Understand It. And again, looking at the scripture from a meta narrative standpoint. And um, we got to Joshua, and I had this dear old saint, and I mean, this woman is missionary background. I mean, just, she's lived the faithful life. And she came up to me um, before we got to this, and she said, I hate the book of Joshua. She said, I cannot grab... Because of this. Because of the, the, the destruction. And not just that there was conquest, but when you really dig into it, it's not just conquest, it's annihilation. I mean, you get to Jer the Jericho city, especially, it's everybody... It's it's everybody. No survivors. No no animals. I mean, we're talking like yeah. scorched earth policy, and and she's really got a hard time with that. And and I told her, I said, you should have a hard time with that. Um, but at the same time, the the idea that um, God's working out His ultimate purpose, and He knows the depth of evil that was going on that's not recorded for us in Jericho. And yet he still shows grace to this woman who is in that indoctrinated in that culture and, and on the outside even of, of acceptability in that culture, which is already an evil culture. Um, in, in Vine service, I knew that if I mentioned that, it would be a big stumbling block and people would not hear anything else I said. Even if I just, if I, especially if I just threw it out there and then just kind of let it sit there. I would have people that came up to me. I I can think of specific people See the faces, that would the come up to me and, and, and would have heard nothing else. Yeah. They would have said, are you saying to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> that God like commissioned the scorched earth annihilation of an entire people? 
and and that that would have been so you made the choice yeah to, to leave i mean again hundreds of choices that you yeah. made you made the choice to leave that out yeah to not highlight that particular yeah. part and that was another we when we did the the scripture in the vine service we didn't run through verse 1 through verse 11 I did the thing which I really don't like to do, but I went through and I picked out the blocks. Yeah, because we're really our focus was, and this was one of those things you have to make a decision. Our focus is on she ended up in Hebrews eleven. She ends up in this plant, this this righteous order. Um, how did she end up there? And so going back to Joshua, I'm thinking, okay, I'm pull, I'm, I'm show demonstrating why Rahab ends up where she's at, and how God chose her in that moment despite her circumstances and despite her background. And one of the things I, I, that you said, I really love the way you put it, is that God does not hold our past against us for our worthiness to be used. I mean, you said, you emphasize that point at the end, uh, or in the, the kind of the sum, summary points, that God does not say, oh, sorry, you know, you had this, this parking ticket, you know, this unpaid parking ticket, you're disqualified. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I was kind of. This is another one of those decisions about what you yeah. leave in, what you don't leave in. But uh, what I what I didn't say, although I think I might have sort of blown past it, is that a lot of times for a lot of people, when they talk about the sins of the past, yeah. if you really get them to get honest in a moment where they're, you can sit sit with them one on one, they're talking about sexual sin of the past. Yeah, and they're just saying that 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 all whatever that was, whatever that sexual sin of the past was, I just cannot see how you know they're really struggling with forgiving themselves. Yeah. Is a, is a big part of it. What's interesting about this, and they, you know, we're doing this armchair preaching right, yeah. right now, and and then we're live streaming this, and these are on YouTube, and mm-hmm. these services are on YouTube, and and where we're all we, we've got them, is that I actually had someone write me an email after the service from another country, yeah, watching this and saying that I needed to hear this, and my uh, my child needed to hear this and so i forward this this, this yeah. and it's that very point you brought up it was the idea that your past does not de- does not define your present well, we i think we all we all kind of need to hear that and and that was really the main point of my uh, of the sermon that i that i was making like no matter how you feel and you feel like trash in fact i think all of us at some point uh, to varying degrees struggle with that feeling of total uh, uselessness I'm I'm destined for garbage, you know. And for us, we read the book of Ecclesiastes and we get thrown into the deeper levels of despair. But the idea is that God is not looking at that. Um, he and 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 if He is looking at that, He's looking at that how that's going to be turned into something of redemptive power. You know, you um, you opened up your message talking about uh, Seal's work and and your former church with uh, with the the strip clubs mm-hmm. um, and. In uh, your in the area, and I, I I've know of stories of folks that have have come out of that, and instead of just trying to hide that past, they've said no 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 God wants me to use that past to reach other people that are struggling, and now my past has a redemptive purpose, and that's to me that's the most incredible thing that God does, and that's where you, that, your big idea coming out of uh, out of. Sunday was to preach the redemptive purposes of God in the yeah. life of Rahab. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, you know I think my for me when I was a, you know I came to faith um, as a as a eighteen nineteen year old, even though I'd been raised in the church. Uh, 
for me, it was, um, I kind of ignored it. You know, I was raised in the church, pastor's kid, but I, it was the, going through the motions for the majority of my, my, especially my adolescent life. And I did a lot of stuff in my high school years and middle school and high school years that I just, I had been such a hypocrite, you know, and, and like knowing hypocrite, right? I didn't care that when I came to faith, I was like, there's no way. I mean, is that, is that all useless now? And my, my life verse is always Romans 8, 28. For we mm. know that God works all things for good um, to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And, and so it's like, God's not surprised by the past that, that you've gone through. In fact, there's a better than, than, than 50-50 shot. He's going to use whatever the thing that you're feeling most guilty about for his purpose and glory. And that's incredible to me. That's an incredibly powerful. I think they're the most they're the most authentic people that I know. I I, I love, for example, the uh, the recovery community. Yeah. People coming out of the recovery community. Yeah. And they're some of the most honest, yeah, real people. And nobody can talk to to uh, to someone struggling with addiction like yeah. someone who has struggled and and, and found themselves in recovery. Yeah. Nobody can do that. And they're so because God. The, the the phrase in that is that God never wastes a hurt. Yeah. God never doesn't waste that. Uh, yeah. And the sad thing to me with that, what you're saying is if there's redemptive, there's a re, if there's redemptive purpose in the life of Rahab, which there certainly is, and we and in our own ways we both preach that. Yeah. Um, that that someone doesn't allow that redemptive purpose to be lived out because they still haven't really come to terms with the grace that's been shown to them, the forgiveness that's been given to them, and how it's okay to be to have a past. Yeah. Well, and and I, one of the things um, when I've when I've taught through like the book of Genesis, for example, and, and the book of Genesis is so full. Loaded I mean, with that. You mentioned it, it just really just in rapid fire. And I think that was an impactful way to do it, to say you you can't come across a character in scripture <laughs> that doesn't Abraham have Abraham lied, I'm, Sarah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. just on and on and yeah. on. When I've taught in uh, Genesis and, you know, you get to, to Abraham's decision or you get, you know, to, to the Hagar story or you get to Jacob and, or you get to, uh, you know, the, the, the brothers tossing Joseph in the well and, and you get these very shocked looks that, that, wait a minute, these are supposed to be the, the faithful ones, right? And I, and yeah, I, these I, are the good guys. These are the good guys. <laughs> what, what are the bad guys like? Yeah. yeah. And I, and I asked the question, I said, um, how many, you know, how many, you know, what is God going to use? I mean, how many people, how many sinners is God going to use to get his purpose accomplished? They're all sinners. God only has sinners to work with. Outside of his own son, Jesus Christ, he only has sinners to work with. So if he chooses to disqualify sinful people, then his stuff's not going to get done. And, but to me, the, the power of God is seen in those things which are most vile are the very things that he uses to bring about his, his glorious purpose. That, that the plots of Satan and the evil one are so weak and ineffectual by comparison that God can take the evil intended and, and the, 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 the muck that's intended and glorify that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the most powerful message of yeah. the cross. I mean, that's the cross, right? Cross is the symbol of is is the symbol of execution for the for the Roman world. I think that's what part in part made Rahab so unique in this series because you know it has a different 
edge to it when yeah. you're looking at the the life of a prostitute in the city of Jericho, which is the the, the starting point for the invasion, right? It has mm. just a whole different edge to it. It's like, well, how do you communicate what you've just been talking about? Is that in spite of that life? Yeah, it's it's that that's the that's the very life that God is going to to use to to accomplish great things. Yeah, and and if that and if it can happen for Rahab. That's the message. That is the message. It can happen it can for happen, us. Yeah. It can happen for us. Yeah. Us and and there are some people out there. I I know you and I know this. We we talk to them all the, all time. the time. They they just don't believe it. Yeah. They don't believe. It. They don't see how God could. They don't see how they can forget, forgive themselves. How others can forgive themselves. You know, they've got a long list of. I've done this, and they know the details. That's the problem. They yeah. know the details. Yeah. They know how murky it was. And they can't, just, they just can't get over it. And, and part of what we try to do with the Rahab, that's part, part of the challenge of Rahab is like, look, if Rahab can get over it, yeah. if all the other people can get over it, uh, you're, you're not, at, at some point your ego is, is actually saying that you are in some exceptional category. Here, yeah. And you're not. That, that you judge better than God does about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And, and you can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God has a, God has, God gets that spot. He gets to be that, he gets to be the judge and, and he that, has judged you worthy of yeah. love. And that's the good news that yeah. he gets to be the judge and he uses that power and that authority for grace and not wrath. And good stuff. I, it's, it's, well, and one of the things that dawned on me when, when, when I was doing, and there's the, and I, you know, we, we know the Rahab story. We, we, like you said, that's that's one of the go-tos that you pull out when you're talking to people. I've done the same thing. But one of the things that really dawned on me this time, and, and I love going back and revisiting stories that you've preached or taught before because there's always a, just that little turn of something that, that you're like, whoa, I never noticed that, was how every time Rahab's mentioned in the, in the Scripture, she's mentioned twice in Joshua, uh, and you mentioned she's uh, there's a lot of Jewish legend about legend, her, but in, yeah. but in Scripture... Twice in Joshua, once in Ab- in Hebrews, and 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 then in James two twenty five. And every one of those instances, she's called a prostitute. The only other instance she's mentioned is in Matthew one in the lineage of Jesus. That's the only time she's not called a prostitute. And it's not because yeah, neat, neat, yeah, every, she's a prostitute. She's everywhere. a prostitute. She's a prostitute. She's the ancestor of Jesus. Yeah, and it's not as though the the writer of Matthew. It's not as though Matthew had a had a had a was not for calling people out for whatever. I mean, he was a tax collector, but but he calls David the king in that same lineage. So he's not opposed to saying Rahab the prostitute. It's just that her identity is different because now she's not, the prostitute thing is not what defines her. Now she's the great-great-grandmother of King David, and she's the ancient, uh, one of the ancient matriarchs of the human lineage of Jesus. And that, when I saw the difference in all of those scriptures, like, because even in James, James calls her a prostitute. Hebrews calls her the pro- calls her a prostitute. Which, by the way, she's the only. I don't. I don't think either one of us mentioned that she's the only female uh, outside of Sarah mentioned in that Hebrews eleven passage. I, I think. Yeah. But she's the only one that her occupation yeah. is mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like you could have you could have just glossed over that. But there was a there was a point to that, and that to me is again, cool. God takes the ugly. And makes it beautiful, and that's that's the powerful message of the of the cross, and um, and that's cool. what the Hebrews eleven. I always, I, I'll be honest, I always thought the Hebrews eleven chapter is kind of a goofy chapter in scripture. I mean, it's there, I get it, but it always seemed like because he, he in the he, the Hebrews writer goes into some really deep detail, a lot of real estate to cover for, a lot. for that in the middle of this 
you know, the, the Hebrews with its very cultic, uh, you know, Jesus is the lamb, the yeah. lamb of God, you know, the the priest in the order of, of Melchizedek yeah. and so on. There's a lot of real estate to insert in the middle of all that. But yeah. I do like how Kenny set it up uh, when, in one of the early sermons in this in this series. He, he, he actually started with chapter 12. Yeah, to, and, to get to the, the cloud of witnesses. And, and then he backed up and said, said so you're going to talk about the cloud of witnesses here. Um, uh, you know, that begins, therefore. Yeah. Therefore, since we were surrounded by all of these people we've just been talking about here. So, and I, I find that helpful too, is that yeah. the, the now, now, and, you know, you mentioned it and we've all, we're kind of going through this in this series is that, is that all these people have, uh, and we're going to do it next week as well yeah. uh, with, with Gideon. He's got, I mean, you look at how he, how things ended up with him. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like Solomon where things started out, Hey, going, going great. Why? And then, and it ends up. Yeah, make some less than admirable decisions, shall we say? Well, and that and that and kind of wrap up today. The thing that's interesting about Rahab's story is poor decisions early on in her life turns into faith. But there are many examples in in Hebrews eleven where it starts off faithful. So God doesn't just necessarily look at our past, but He also is not necessarily where you end up, right? Because even in David's life, I mean, David the the. The majority of David's life is faith, 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 and then this massive mess up Fail. with with Bathsheba and 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 Uriah, and yet that's mentioned also in the Matthew one passage too about the lineage of Jesus, because the wife of Uriah is 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 listed there, and so God God is not going to say, oh well, now you're disqualified. Sorry, you started off hey, so Dave, strong. David's deathbed blows me away as yeah, well that, yeah. that they could have a new testament memory of david the david the king as the man after god's own heart and then you can read the old the old testament deathbed don't let so and so and so and so and so and so go to their go to their grave without killing them yeah you know with, with in peace you, you go, vengeance <laughs> vengeance so, yeah. so that, i mean this you talk about a meta narrative this is this yeah. is really tying into that great meta narrative of, of scripture and I find these things, reading through the Book of Kings, uh, reading through the, these these Hall of Famers, I find these things, and I hope everybody listening and everybody connects with them finds it the same way. It is so encouraging for us yeah. that, you know, look, we, sh- we, sh- we mess up. Yeah. We don't get it right. Yeah. And we have failed, and some of us fail, fail big. Yeah. And publicly. Yeah. Some of us fail big and privately. But, yeah. you know, no matter what that failing is, there's always a God of grace. Yeah. Who has, to use your phrase, he has redemptive purposes yeah. in our lives. I, that's, that's, I think that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah, well, and, that, and I think it, it's, a, it's a great kind of drumbeat reminder as we continue to look through the, the next f- few characters, because uh, the, the next several characters are definitely lesser known um, characters, definitely not the Moses character, uh, and so... I think people will see a lot uh, about about God's purpose, even in the lesser known folks that get get elevated too, as well. I th- appreciate uh, taking the time, John, and uh, we'll be back next week uh, as we discuss Gideon. Kenny is preaching in Vine. You're in the classic service preaching in Gideon, um, and uh, we'll unpack that story uh, next week. If you've missed any one of these podcasts, be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, make sure you go back and watch the old sermons uh, on YouTube, our uh, FPC Lakeland. You can search and you can find our YouTube page or check us out on our website, fpclakeland.org and uh, scroll down to the sermon archives. Thanks, John. Thank you, Zach. See you next time. Thanks.